0: Hello and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today is a fun, fun day for me. I have a dear, dear friend on the show today, a lady who I have known for many, many years, someone who is really a dear friend, has been a confidant for me, has been a therapist for me, has been just a wonderful human being in my life. She is incredibly, wildly successful. She is the president and CEO of Puerto Rico Sotheby's International Realty. Margaret Juvelier, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me.
0: It's going to be a great discussion. You and I are dear, dear old friends. And it's just, uh, you know, I I was just saying, it's just really, I think this is such a privilege to be able to have a platform where my friends from all over the world that are so accomplished in our industry come and share of their knowledge and time and really be so gracious to really share with the audience that is now incredibly global, you know, we have, I think uh, three-quarters of our audience is outside of the United States. Really staggering, staggering sort of statistics.
1: Well, you know, it it so speaks to who you are and your background.
0: Oh, you're very kind. (laughs) But, you know, because we have such an international audience, everyone is always curious about the the location of the of where where my my guest has expertise so can you tell us a little bit about the market in puerto rico before we jump into the interview
1: sure well it's a very interesting market um as you know we're in the, on the luxury side so it, there there's a distinct difference between the luxury market and the normal market uh, in puerto rico but There always has been a luxury market here. And it was a surprise to me when I came in 2012 to find out that it existed. It was very active, but it was really local based, Uh, meaning that people on the outside, people from all over the world were not aware of what exists here. So it was very exciting and challenging to be able to expose Puerto Rico to the rest of the world.
0: And you did it very well. it, it was mm-hmm. it 's an incredible market. you know we 're going to come back and talk about Puerto Rico in, in greater detail in our conversation. But I wonder if you can share with the listeners how you got started in real estate. You have an amazing career we 're going to touch on some highlights of that career. but how did you start in real estate?
1: Well, my husband at the time uh, was an attorney and he was working with the CEO of Bear Stearns, which is no longer in existence, but it was a very major, uh, large investment Huge. firm here yeah. in New York. Exactly. And he, his client was the CEO and at dinner one evening with uh, the client and his wife, uh, we started to talk and I said that I had interest in real estate. I love the architecture in New York City, as you know, I am born and raised in New York City. So it was an interesting conversation. And she said, I am very good friends with, uh, at the time, she was the doyen of real estate in New York City, Alice Mason. Uh, and she said, I will introduce you to her. And I believe that she would really, really want to have you as part of her team. So it was history after that. <laughs> so oh. I... Introduced at a very high level of real estate at the time in New York, because um, as the Dorian of real estate at that time, she was extremely well connected and knew all the boards in New York City on Fifth Avenue and Park Avenue. and, And it was a very genteel way of conducting real estate at that time. I was with her for a couple of years and then i decided that i really wanted to branch out and have a more internationally based clientele and that's when i joined sotheby's so i have been with sotheby's perhaps now over 30 years wow <laughs>
0: yes wow. that's that is crazy <laughs> and you know it's it, i wish i wish sometimes that i'm doing a a a video podcast because you know for me it's you're you're one of the most elegant and stylish people that i know and you dress impeccably you have such great style about you you just really exude what is that essence of really the luxury market and for you it's always been like that that's your core that's 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 your sweet spot that's where you are And you know, you you spent over twenty-five years as as a top agent first in in literally the most competitive market in the world, which is New York City. And you then purchased the Sotheby's International Realty franchise in Puerto Rico. And that to me was an that that was such an incredibly bold move. You you were at the top of your game in, in in as 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 an agent, as a broker. Why did you decide to do that transition? That was a big
1: risk. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I um at the time I had been I my background is I am of Puerto Rican parents, but as I mentioned, I'm born and raised in New York City. So at the time Sotheby's was looking at some interested potential buyers to buy the franchise in Puerto Rico. And because I am Puerto Rican, they came to me and asked me to um, look at those potential interested buyers and see if they would be appropriate and a good fit for our brand. Well, through that conversation, that evolved to uh, none of them were the perfect fit. And they asked me, would I consider doing it? And the rest is history.
0: You know, I know the franchise, the franchise sales team at Sotheby's. That was probably the intent all along.
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably, and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> but, you know, the, the timing, Michael. Actually, and I and I look back on it. The timing was right. Um, New York is such an exciting and wonderful city. But uh, when you're in this business in New York City, it, it is grueling. It's a bit like Wall Street. Uh, it is grueling. And I guess I was ready for a change.
0: And it consumes you, doesn't it? I mean, it is. Yes,
1: yes, the,
0: it does. The, the, it really is the most competitive market. And in, in, And you start looking at it because you have, it's such an international market and everyone's here and everyone's competing for the same bit of it so yeah i mean it was uh very interesting and you came into that market in puerto rico and you you created that market you created that luxury market into a a global audience which is really really interesting in the way that you created that tell me a little bit about that vision
1: well again when i started to uh look closely at this market and entertain the idea could i make this work can i show and expose puerto rico in the way it should be exposed and the way it should be seen um, to the outside world because again the luxury end of the market always existed here for local puerto ricans right so i started to look at that and think i was very surprised there's a lot of luxury here There's a wonderful lifestyle here. It's not just a vacation lifestyle, it's a real living lifestyle. Um, And when I started seeing it and I saw the way the business ran here and it was totally disorganized, uh, you know, it wasn't being maximized in any way or form, I saw an opportunity. And then I felt very confident that I knew I can do that. And I must say I did.
0: I must say, you did too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we were really interesting. Um, We started marketing in China about eight years ago, Michael, before uh, Sotheby's uh, started uh, doing that sort of marketing and other markets also doing that. So, we started having that exposure in China. Really early on. And it was wonderful. I can't say that it necessarily brought us buyers, but it brought us exposure. Sure. And to that end, in the recent years, you know, prior to all of this, we started seeing a lot more Asian tourists in Puerto Rico. So I was very pleased about that.
0: And, you know, it's also the fact that the Asian consumer is looking for opportunities across the globe. And you have an amazing opportunity in uh, Puerto Rico with the economic opportunities that exist with act twenty and act twenty two as it was known then, Act sixty to my understanding now, where you had uh, John Paulson that came in with his uh, with his fund and has invested hundreds of millions of dollars into Puerto Rico and buying these great hotels and and buildings and is really part of that luxury market now and you were there in the forefront i mean i remember you invited me to an economic forum it must have been eight years ago seven years ago at this point yeah it was you the governor and paulson and yes. you, know, <laughs> you so graciously had me on the dais as a speaker and it was an extraordinary grouping of people tell me about all that
1: Yes, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> that was wonderful that you participated in that, and you made such a great um, presence and impact uh, when you. Well, I don't
0: know about that when you started. Yeah, you did. At you, you, and the governor.
1: Listen to me. You did. You were the more savvy speaker. I can admit <laughs> of all of us was there. But um, yes, it was a wonderful time, and obviously. You know, it is now nine years, almost 10 years into this. Wow. And We have seen such an influx of interesting people come to the island to call home um, and it's all through these tax incentives. But for my part, it's been a little bit a taste of what I did in New York because I work with clients from all over the world. I am seeing that here and it's very exciting, Michael. Uh, for instance, yesterday, I was with a uh, Chinese a client who moved four months ago or just before the pandemic, actually, and is loving, even though he is holed up in his apartment, <laughs> he is loving living here. Uh, he has since sent friends of his and they're considering it as well. Um, we had a property that we listed in the country all the way up in the mountain. Uh, from our website and our marketing, he contacted us, he flew down for two days from Turkey, and he purchased it. Uh, So, you know, these are the kind of things that we're seeing that's very, very exciting for this island, and I'm so proud to be a part of it.
0: Well, you know, you're a major part of it. And, you know, when you start looking at a global consumer, that is looking for alternatives and they're looking at either a tax alternative as was the case with singapore some years back they're looking at either a residency for um for real estate purchase like the golden visa in uh in in portugal or in cyprus now and then you started looking at and what you're saying now a decade later for these tax incentive programs in the beginning, people didn't quite know if this was going to go right. Correct. There was a lot of spec, a lot of sort of doubt around it, where you know you didn't want to be the pioneer because you didn't want it to uh, hurt you later. It's been a decade; it's not going anywhere. It, it, exactly. Exactly.
1: And you're seeing a, a different level of people coming. I can to imagine. You. Part of that, and I'm very excited now. For instance, tomorrow I'm taking out a. Um, a major person from the tri-state area um, and he's flying in tomorrow on his plane and he's looking at some very, very large properties that we have in Dorado as a third home.
0: Mm -hmm. He
1: has a home in Palm Beach. He lives in the tri-state area. He's not coming under the incentives. He just loves Puerto Rico. That has been my ultimate goal. Yes, the tax incentives are wonderful, because it is wonderful, but people who do come under those incentives don't stay a very long time, so they have a finite period of time that they're going to stay. But people that are purchasing second and third homes, that's a, a real commitment. So that is something that I feel very, very uh, proud that we're seeing that, because why choose a Florida? Why choose you know one of the other U.S. Virgin Island uh, islands? There's so much to offer on this island that you can have a little bit of everything. So it's nice. It's very very nice.
0: And really having that clientele come at that level now, right? So it's it's a decade that's passed since the incentives. And mm-hmm. people are now looking at that because you did have a, 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 a first round of pioneers that bought up a lot of the properties and fixed them up and spent time and created a, a, a more sustainable l- luxury market, if you will, to a larger audience. And now mm-hmm. you have what I think is the second tier that, to your point, want to come in just to be end, end users. And whether that's his third home as an end user, they want to go and just enjoy Puerto Rico. Because now there's a greater infrastructure. Now there's more to do. Now now it's actually, you know, it's a wonderful choice. And it's always been a very beautiful, beautiful country. As you well know, I've I've traveled there a lot. And it's it's got that that flavor, obviously. We're both Latin. It's that Latin flavor. It's that sense that everyone who, uh, there's no strangers in our culture. It's always like someone's always a friend. And it's always that sense of, Um, of family that exists in a country like Puerto Rico and everyone feels that and that's a really wonderful allure for someone coming in to a place like that
1: you know it's it's so interesting that you're saying that and you're absolutely right and the reason why it wasn't happening before it just wasn't on people's radar that's right Yep. I think that's exactly what that was. It just wasn't on their radar. So I'm very pleased. We A couple of years ago, I had uh, represented an island, 25 acres, um, off the southern coast of Puerto Rico. And we sold that. It was actually a very, very prominent New Yorker who owned it. Um, we sold it to a French national wow. who saw it from our marketing. He had his representative fly in. He never saw it. The representative flew in, he purchased it. It's now almost four years later, he's building a beautiful home on it and it, it, it's exquisite. So, you know, there's so much variety that exists here and every single person's lifestyle that wants a Caribbean lifestyle, we have it all. It's wonderful.
0: And you know, and, and it really is, you see the makeup of how it's changed and it's become so cosmopolitan. <laughs> And yes. it, you, as an ambassador, you speak fluent French, Spanish, Portuguese. It, it, it's like how you know for, for you, it must be so easy with the foreign buyers coming in. But how do you attract the foreign buyers? You're multilingual. You are, you know, multicultural. You lived in many places. You've traveled probably as, a, as a, more extensively than I have, and my passport is ridiculous. And so, it, <laughs> it's one of these things where. How do you attract those foreign buyers? Because once they're there, they're not going to go anywhere else but you.
1: I know. Well, I think we do it um, through specialty marketing. Mm. For instance, that island, we marketed heavily um, on websites and um, venues that only sell islands, private islands around the world. Oh, I love that. You know, you identify uh, your your property and then you seek where you should, you believe that buyer is gonna come from. So I think that's key. um,
0: You find your niche and then you go in and it's really just very specific. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're a new grandma to a beautiful Cameron, and your daughter and your son-in-law are both in the business with you and in fact your daughter ariana is probably one of the top agents uh, in the country and uh it, it was that always the succession plan for you is to have ariana come in and, and 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 brock and be that second generation that is you're really building a family business
1: you know culturally michael and you can relate to this things don't happen for a reason generally they're planned it uh-huh. was My plan. (laughs) So, what I'm saying is my daughter, who grew up with a mother who was always a real estate professional her entire life, would have to sit in the lobbies in buildings in New York City and wait for me while I showed on certain occasions. She has always been exposed to real estate, did not want anything to do with real estate. (laughs) She wanted to be a singer. You know, she studied music and she's a very talented singer. Never was her thought. So what is planned and faded for you is planned and faded. When this idea came up of, uh, you know, purchasing this franchise and starting this business from scratch in a very, very depressed market, I might add. I remember. <laughs> when things were really bad here. That's right. I mentioned to her, you know, I am considering doing this. Is there something that would interest you? And she jumped at it. And the
0: rest is history isn't that amazing and she's oh, and so, she's so talented. brilliant oh my god first of all i've heard her sing opera and she is gifted <laughs> and to to then sort of go and see her in action you know that woman is a machine and <laughs> it is you know there's you know she's she's actually you know it was so interesting because she's a great marketer too i remember that she was starting to rename the neighborhoods in Condado like they did with, in New York City. Remember that? Where
1: yes. And no I am so there. glad, Michael, that you remember that.
0: Are you kidding? Uh, I thought that was genius.
1: Yes, it was.
0: I yes, was and,
1: and, it, and it created and had the effect we wanted it to have. Right. So, uh, we, we renamed an area that's a very artistic area, the Miramar Arts District. People still use that. I would like to live and look in the Miramar Arts District. Um, Condado Beach, we named it Kobe.
0: I love that.
1: B-E-E, Kobe, right? Yes. Uh, like NoHo, cool. like SoHo, like all of those acronyms. And so by doing that, because we knew we had a challenge, we needed to establish neighborhoods. Right. We needed to establish. Uh, uh, ambiances and a lifestyle and a way of living so people can relate.
0: And, you know, you, you were attracting these people that were, you were attracting these hedge fund uh, managers that were coming in from New York City and you needed to create something for them. You, you were basically that bridge of where people felt comfortable to be there because they felt that their own was there. I mean you were you, you you were one of the very top agents in new york city you understood the psychology behind this it was a very here was a group of very wealthy people coming down for tax incentives and they were going in in the very beginning and saw what you saw and they're like exactly oh what did we just do <laughs> <And> so,
1: <laughs> exactly exactly and we we understood clearly that when you, you want to create a, a neighborhood or you want to create a um, an ambiance and you want to create a lifestyle... Yes. ...that isn't fully there, you need to create the restaurants and the nightlife and, and the, the all of the auxiliary things that, that comes with the lifestyle. I mean, we have the beaches, we have the mountains, we have the natural beauty of this island, but we do have sophistication. Absolutely. We do like restaurants and we do like to go out and we do have uh, a huge array of entertainment venues. So it was important to just make it all cohesive and come all together. And I think we were able to do that
0: and you walk down Ashford Avenue the main street in Condado and you see you start seeing now the restaurants that you see in New York City and Correct. you start seeing the, the same names that you see here you know, the same stores and there's that comfort level and you know it it shows how much Puerto Rico, as a country, has grown too because it is it is one of the most beautiful places on earth. So it is to me, as you, as you said, it was like that natural beauty that was always, always there. But now the infrastructure, the sophistication, the cosmopolitan grouping of the people that are there—it's now a global destination.
1: Yes, that that's the goal, and you know we're still in our infancy on that on that level but it is growing and changing um i I think that we're in the right direction
0: oh my god are you ever (laughs) (laughs) so margaret i have a question for you what's the greatest lesson you've ever learned in your career
1: the greatest lesson yes you know i don't know any other business as exciting is this business michael and i think it's exciting because of the fact that you are constantly meeting people from all over the world the lesson i take away from this business and this you know my my journey in this industry is to be able to listen to what someone has to say listening is really really important and i think as human beings, we tend not to listen, but in this business, you have to l- learn how to listen.
0: That is such a valuable lesson.
1: Yeah. You know, if you have an open mind and you listen to what the other person is saying to you, it takes you to so many levels, right? Growth, you know, understanding, helping that person, because we're, we're in a business. We provide a service that is so personal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, finding a home is not just about showing a house. It's about relating and listening and hearing what that person is saying to you. And if you do that, you're able to be successful, I think, that whatever you do. this 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 business is a wonderful business, but it is a mirror. I tell my brokers, it is a mirror that you look into every day. And you have to make sure that what you see in the mirror, you really are seeing and reflecting back. Very important.
0: That's a beautiful imagery as well. It's Mm -hmm. the idea of what you are providing to somebody else. You want to be that level. You know, everybody sort of um, asks me a lot in a lot of these panels. It's like, what do you see as the... Um, uh, the common denominator for those successful agents around the world? And my answer is always the same. It's everyone who is successful doesn't count the commission check. They don't sort of figure out, you know, how do I get the biggest sale? They're coming from a level of service and of humility. And when you do both those things, everything else follows.
1: I agree fully. Everything Please tell all of my brokers, Michael, always do not ever look at what the commission is going to be. Sure. What service are you going to provide, and how are you going to do that? Are you going to sit there and listen to someone? Because we have to listen a great deal, and you need to be patient. And if you listen and you're patient, you will succeed, but it'll be a different kind of success. It's a very inwardly satisfying success. The money will come, but it cannot be the first thing that you think about. And and I see in our industry, and I see it here too, a a lot of the the people in this industry are transactional brokers or agents. It's all about making that deal. And it's not about that. You cannot sustain yourself in this industry for X amount of years if you don't relationship build.
0: You never want to be the transactional broker. You want to be the generational broker. You want to be the one that they come to, that you are. And you, by the way, you're not even a broker. You're the advisor. You're the person that is part of that equation for them that they will gladly pay you your commission because you earned it. Exactly. You know.
1: Exactly. You know, it is it's a wonderful business. It is. It is a business and a career forever if you allow yourself to learn those lessons. Absolutely. I think that's the key for me. That's the key for why I've stayed in this business and why I love this business and
0: excelled in this business. <laughs> you listen so so, and you and you know it, it is true. And you know when we've had very very deep conversations, and you have you know I introduced you as one of my confidants in the beginning of the uh, of the introduction, and it's true. You know, we've known each other for a very long time and it's sort of, we've had some very, very honest discussions and you've always been there. And it, it's, it's that fact of listening is key. And I've always appreciated that in you and our friendship.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yeah. And so part of this question, next question is, you probably answered a little bit of it already, but mm-hmm. what three things would you recommend someone entering the business today? Brand new agent. What three things would you say to them today?
1: Okay. Aside from the patience and listening, I would say study the market, get on all of the portals that you can and look and learn what's out there for sale and what the buildings are like or what the neighborhood is like and what's trending and what's not trending. Work very hard and very diligently and do not give up. I love that. Those are the three things.
0: So it's- I taught
1: myself this business here. I came into this market not knowing anything about this market. Yep. I opened my doors with not one listing. But prior to that, the year leading up to that, I studied this market. So I could have told you what neighborhood was what, which building was what, what the floor plans were like in that building, what the price points were trending in that neighborhood. You have to study the market. I'm very, always very interested in agents who say they have nothing to do. There's so much to do. You may not have a client, but you are learning, and you should be learning every single day, the market.
0: You know, I was just a guest on another, uh, on another show uh, earlier today, and they were saying that one of the uh, earlier guests that they were talking to had said that 65% of the agents in the United States have done nothing in the last 10 weeks. It's sort of like they've just been in a COVID uh, coma, if you will, and so... Um, I sort of said, you know what, that's fine, because the market takes care of those people. It's the idea that whoever has been doing what they've been doing, which is just reaching out to your clients, understanding what the needs are. And by the way, there still is business to be conducted. And it's the idea that you can't just stop. You, it, it, it's a body in motion creates a a a a, an energy a friction and there is something that's there and so at the end of like any any large crisis the market takes care of that those people that were not supposed to be in this market will not be but if we do the three things that you just said to study to work and to believe in oneself those three things are magic and i have seen it over the decades as have you and those people that stay in this business that come in, because you always have superstars that come in in the beginning, and they learn, and they're humble, and they learn from others, and they become great mentees that become the mentors. It's a simple formula.
1: Totally agree.
0: Simple formula, and it's beautiful.
1: Yes, it is, and I believe that a lot of people come into this business thinking that it is an easy way to make money. Those of us that have been in this business for so long know that that isn't the case. (laughs) We work very hard to earn (laughs) the money that we earn.
0: Every cent of it.
1: (laughs) And I'm very respectful, very respectful of real estate professionals. Me too. Absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. I have one final question for you, Margaret. And this is a question that I ask many of my guests. And they cringe at it at first, but it's always a great answer that comes of it. What would you like your legacy to be?
1: I know that's such a terrible question. I know it is. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, You know, I honestly, I would like it to be that I touched someone's life. Mm. I mean, in whichever way that is. You know, from from the fact that you could have done a little extra something for somebody that they didn't expect you to do, uh, that you gave them some words of comfort or some words of advice, or you were just there for them. Yes. I think that's what my legacy, I would like that to be.
0: Well, the good news is that you've already fulfilled it because you've done that with me several times. So
1: that's a good <laughs> <laughs> Well but you know, it's so funny because you when you think about all of that, um, and I think of, you know, all the people that have touched my life. Yeah. And in this business of ours, we, we meet people from all over the world and in the most unexpected way someone may touch you that you never even expected that. Did a gesture to you, helped you with something? Yes. You know, just little things like that. There isn't any other profession, I think, maybe maybe medicine, that you have the opportunity to have that, and it's quite nice. So, if I can do it to somebody else, as many have done for me, I would like that to be my legacy.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margaret, thank you so very much for being on the show today. As I said, you're just such a close friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, someone who I just adore. I am dying to be able to get on a plane to meet your beautiful, beautiful godson. I can't <laughs> wait to see your family. And it's just, it's just wonderful. And Thank you again for your friendship, for the leadership that you do in our community and in our industry. You are certainly are such a stellar human being. Thank you for-
1: Thank you, Michael, thank you. And I am so thrilled that you asked me to be on your podcast.
0: Well, thank you. (laughs) And thank you for all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Thank you.